Hello, and welcome to the Fuel Run Recover podcast, helping everyday runners fuel better, run smarter, and recover faster so you can reach your full performance potential. I'm your host, Stephanie Natchek, dietitian, fitness coach, and a fellow runner too. As the owner of Stephanie Natchek Performance Nutrition, I've spent the last 10 years helping runners learn to fuel their bodies, level up their running performance, and establish healthier relationships with food and exercise. If you're ready to reconnect with your love of running, then let's get started on today's episode. All right. So before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to invite you to check out a few great free resources that I created just for runners. To get them, all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes or visit www.stephanienachuk.com. If you visit my website, there's a little pop-up box that comes up and it'll prompt you to enter your email address and these guides will be sent right to your inbox. The first guide is my fueling guide for runners. So in this resource, you'll find my top fueling tips for runners, as well as some specific meal ideas for both your pre and post run fuel. If you've been struggling to understand what to eat when to support your running and just figuring out like what those meal ideas, like what those meals look like, what kind of foods you should be including before versus after you run, what the difference is between pre and post run fueling, then this guide is exactly what you need to get you started on the right path. The other guide that I created is my strength training guide for runners. So this guide includes both a PDF resource, has some tips, guidelines, and links to my YouTube series where I actually walk you through all of the exercises in the program. This is a great beginner strength training guide for runners who want an effective but efficient full body workout that helps support the key muscles and movements you need to run stronger and injury free. So once again, both of these guides are available together. I have them put together as a little bundle for you. You can just click on the link in the show notes or go over to www.stephanienatchek.com, enter your email address just the one time, and both of these free guides will get sent to your inbox right away. I hope you enjoy these resources and find them helpful in supporting you and your running. And now let's get into today's episode about why you need to be really careful about where you get your nutrition advice from as a runner and really why you shouldn't be taking nutrition advice from just anybody or, you know, sort of crowdsourcing nutrition information and advice for yourself. And, you know, I want to sort of preface this conversation today with the fact that, you know, most people who are out there giving advice and and trying to be helpful have very good intentions. You know, 99.99% of the people who are either, you know, acting as nutritionists, nutrition coaches, or just, you know, people who are maybe commenting on a social media post or or just sharing advice and information, um, they they do have good intentions. They're they're doing this because they absolutely feel and, and believe that their advice is gonna be helpful and make a difference for the person that they're giving it to. The unfortunate kind of flip side of that is that a lot of times this may not actually end up being the case. And we're gonna talk in, in today's episode about why that might be. But I definitely don't want to start this conversation with anyone feeling like, you know, I think that the quote unquote, you know, maybe bad advice or unhelpful advice or or wrong advice that you hear is coming from people who are trying to, to cause harm to you or coming from a place of people who are, you know, have kind of negative or, or malicious intentions. 
it's just the reality of the fact that nutrition is so highly personal and the fact that runners, especially distance runners, do have very, very different nutrition needs than other types of athletes and from, you know, sort of the, the population at large. And this is why I want you to be really thoughtful and selective about where you get your nutrition information from, who you follow for nutrition advice, and just, you know, really having some um, criteria and, and sort of a list of things to sort of think through when you're determining if a piece of advice or a person that you're considering working with or following is really going to be worth your time or, you know, of course, possibly your financial investment. And so I mentioned that, you know, I want to give you today a little bit of information and background on why it is so important to be what I really consider sort of selective and, and thoughtful about, you know, the types of information you expose yourself to. For one, you know, in your kind of online communities, you know, our social media feeds and stuff like that, there is definitely a lot of conflicting, confusing, um, and, and very passionate individuals who are sharing information and advice tips and strategies that are just completely the opposite of each other. And this can be really unhelpful because we end up with something called analysis paralysis, which is basically where we become so overwhelmed by the confusing, conflicting information or the, the varying options we have available to us that we end up not taking action at all. And so even if, you know, path A or or path B for you to follow with your nutrition, if maybe both of them were relatively fine paths to take, you know, one isn't significantly better or worse than the other, they're just two different options. But because we have these two different options, and we're very confused and conflicted in terms of which is the best option, we now do nothing, we take no option. Um, because of that overwhelm and that analysis paralysis, even though maybe both of those options would have been ultimately a step in the right direction. So the first thing we want to do is, you know, just to reduce some of the confusion around nutrition and how to eat as runners and how to fuel our bodies. But then when it also comes to, you know, the experts or professionals that you might work with, it's also important to be really selective because when you're starting to make a significant time or financial investment into working with someone, you want to make sure that you and that individual are on the same page, not only with understanding what your goals are, where you're struggling, what your needs are in terms of getting help with your nutrition, but also to make sure that that person has the experience or the expertise that you really need to make sure that you're able to get the result of the transformation that you're looking for. So what is it about nutrition? that makes it so difficult compared to some other areas of, of health or fitness. And, you know, in the nutrition space, you know, in, in and amongst nutrition professionals and, and stuff like that, we tend to talk a lot about how, you know, everyone thinks they're an expert when it comes to nutrition. And I don't think that that is specific just to nutrition. Like, I don't think that this is an issue or, or sort of a problem that is really unique to the nutrition field. I think a lot of, you know, people who don't have maybe a ton of, of education or training or mastery of different topics do sort of see themselves as someone who has um, maybe a lot of authority or expertise. And we see this with all kinds of things. We certainly see it with fitness and training and running. 
We certainly see it with medicine. Um, you know, we see it with all kinds of alternative medicine. They're, like there's there's just, you know, this whole world of people who maybe overestimate their their abilities or their knowledge to some degree. But, you know, we know it does happen in nutrition. And while I don't think it's a unique problem, it does really come down to the fact that we all eat, right? Every single one of us, 99.99% of the population has to eat on a daily basis in order to sustain life, right? We, we all have to eat. We all have to fuel our bodies in some way. And what that means is that we all have an extremely personal relationship with food and eating. Because while some people can really, you know, sort of put the message out there and, and really believe that food is strictly fuel, right? That there isn't a personal connection or relationship with food, that there isn't deeper meaning to the food choices we make. You know, there, there's definitely a culture in, in some circles of just, you know, strictly food is fuel, no joy, no pleasure, no tradition, no culture, like no anything else, no deeper meaning behind it. It's just what you put in your body to keep yourself alive. I think a lot of us know that that for us personally, that may not be the case. And if you feel that you're someone who does fit a little bit more into the realm of, of just sort of seeing food as fuel and, you know, you don't really see yourself as having that kind of deeper relationship or connection with food, that's totally okay. But I think it would be incorrect to assume that if that's not really the case or the story for you, that it shouldn't be the case for others, that it's, that it's maybe wrong or incorrect for it to be the case for others, and that other people maybe need to change to shift to thinking about food in that way. Because at the end of the day, food is so much more than just this fuel and just nutrients, right? It is tradition. It is culture. It is family and socialization and joy and tradition. And, you know, I think I might have said tradition twice, but anyway, it's so many more things. There's so much more deeper meaning to it. And, you know, the the food environment that we have, you know, the cooking and the sharing and the passing down of, of recipes and, and stuff like that is part of what makes us human, right? It's It's what separates us from so many other animal species on this planet. So we can't pretend that food isn't special and food is so much more than just, you know, the calories and the vitamins and minerals that we put in our bodies. So there is this really important satisfaction factor that comes around to making choices and decisions about food. And this is where taking advice from other people can start to get a little bit tricky or complicated. In that, we all have a very personal relationship with food and eating, which then in turn can make some individuals very passionate or even sometimes defensive of the eating pattern that they relate to the most or the eating pattern that they have found to be most effective for them and in their lives. And this might have to do with, you know, specific, whether it's a diet that worked really well for weight loss or, or a diet that worked really well for managing a chronic disease or, you know, whatever the reason is for it. Maybe it's strictly just preference. Maybe it's something that comes down to personal ethics and values. Whatever the case, because of this, it's one area that we're able to get very, you know, very passionate and, and sometimes, like I said, even defensive about. So when we're thinking about getting nutrition advice from someone else, we have to keep that in mind and, and sort of filter the message that we receive and, and sort of the message that we take home 
through the fact that this person probably has a little bit of bias or, or a little bit of a slant in terms of um, you know what they're promoting or what they believe in or what they think is the best type of diet to follow. It's not necessarily completely unbased in science. Like it's it's not that it's always going to be completely devoid of any scientific evidence or anything like that. But there also is probably going to be an underlying belief system that goes along with it. And, you know, when we're talking about people who are are giving advice, you know, sort of I'll say in the non-nutrition professional or nutrition expert space, a lot of people are giving advice based off what has worked best for them. Now, again, that doesn't mean that all the advice that you're going to get is going to be, quote unquote, bad advice. Doesn't mean that it's always going to be harmful or detrimental or not work for you at all. But we have to keep in mind that all of this is being filtered through things like genetics. All of this is being filtered through things like experience and fitness level, that individual's goals, that individual's gender. Then, of course, that individual's food preferences, their lifestyle, you know, all of these other things that influence our nutrition needs and our nutrition realities. So, you know, just as sort of like a a very quick, very simple example, you know, maybe you are a parent of young children and you are trying to get in your workouts before work in the morning and, you know, you've got kids to to cook for and to get ready to get off to school or daycare, something like that in the morning. Maybe you have to get yourself ready to go to work or school or something like that. You know, the days are busy. You don't have a lot of time and you are looking to get nutrition advice from a single person in their mid-20s who doesn't have children, doesn't have a partner, and has all the time in the world to cook meals. Uh, You know, they're not having to cook for a family who has other taste preferences and things like that. And so, you know, yes, genetically and maybe gender-wise and and all of that is going to be different for this, this person compared to you. But also when we look at just their their lifestyle and the realities of how they eat and live compared to yourself, we're talking about two completely different scenarios. So we want to be really careful around not taking nutrition advice that's sort of based on this is exactly what I do day to day. This is what works for me day to day. So we're just going to copy and paste it into what you're doing day to day. And and it should be just as effective. We want to be really, really careful that we're not getting ourselves into situations where that's where the plan or that's where the expectation is coming from. Is someone just basically copying and pasting their own routine and applying it to your scenario? The other thing to kind of note is that there's usually so much room for flexibility with eating. And so it's almost never necessary to look at someone what someone else is doing and basically copy that exactly. You know, if I'm eating chicken, then you're eating chicken. And if I'm eating rice, then you're eating rice. And if I'm eating pineapple, then you're eating pineapple. Or if I'm not eating pineapple, I'm eating blueberries, then you're not eating pineapple and you're eating blueberries. You know, this this sort of exactness of following a plan like that, you know, exactly what someone else is doing, write down the the individual specific food choices is is completely unnecessary. Again, in, in the vast, vast majority of cases, I, I can't really think of a time that it would be, um, you know, needed or or even make sense to do something like that. There are always options. 
there is always flexibility. And anytime we're given this very structured or, or sort of, you know, limited plan of this is exactly what you're going to eat and exactly when you're going to eat it, and it has to be these foods and these amounts, there is almost zero basis for needing to do that and needing to follow that. Those plans, uh, you know, can be shared as maybe examples of this is what a day of eating could look like for you. But there's an additional layer of nutrition knowledge and education that really is required for us to understand where we can make swaps, what appropriate swaps need to look like, um, you know, how do we choose one protein source for another, what are some different options for pre-workout snacks so we don't always have to be stuck eating the exact same thing, can we have, you know, either rice or potatoes? Can we have pasta or bread? You know, there there has to be room for understanding where those where that flexibility, where those swaps come into play. And that really comes from working with someone who has that added level of nutrition knowledge and experience. It's not just a matter of, well, this is what I eat and I look or perform a certain way. So this is what you should eat if you also want to look and perform the same way. Again, you know, genetics play a huge role here in the fact that that may not even happen even if we all ate and trained the exact same. I mean, if we had 100 people and all 100 of these people woke up at the same time in the morning, ate the same thing, did the same workout, like every day, all day, every day, just did the exact same plan and program, they would have different results. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't know. You know, we hear all the time, like, what works for you may not work for me. And, and you know, what's best for one person may not be what's best for the other person. And we sort of understand that at like a surface level. I think a lot of people like get that that's the case. And, and no one is surprised to sort of hear that phrase because we say it all the time. But if you were to collect 100 random people and put them all in a community together, and you had them all follow that exact same program, you're going to see different outcomes, even if they are all doing the exact same things. That's really important to keep in mind. Now, the next thing, of course, that's if we're looking at maybe, you know, the, the social media influencer type, I'll, I'll sort of say that the people who do like to share a lot of their, their personal workouts, a lot of their personal kind of what they eat in a day and, and that kind of information that's really just coming from their lived experiences. Again, there's nothing inherently wrong with doing that and to kind of follow some of those accounts to get some uh, inspiration for meal ideas, to get some suggestions and, and stuff like that. But we don't necessarily want to be using those things as a cookie cutter for how we should be doing things because, you know, again, that doesn't always work for us and it doesn't always make a lot of sense. But the other kind of piece of the, the social media complexity here is is getting crowdsourced answers from, you know, kind of your, your larger running community or, or kind of the larger fitness um, population when it comes to specifics about how you should eat, fuel, you know, even train and, and stuff like that too. But today we're talking nutrition, so we'll keep it to the nutrition conversation. You know, and I, I see it time and time again. We're in a, I'm in a Facebook group. I'm in a couple of Facebook groups, but you know, you, you go on and you're scrolling through and sure enough, you know, someone's going to ask a very 
innocent question, simple question about something to do with nutrition, whether it's, you know, what they should eat when before a run, when should they start fueling, what kind of fuel do people like, what's the benefit of this brand of gel over that, do people use gels, what else can I use, you know, whatever it is, a very innocent, simple nutrition question. And sure enough, there is sometimes dozens, sometimes there are hundreds of answers, so many responses. And if you actually look through the individual responses, you get 27,000 different answers. And again, some of these are very passionate answers. You know, some of some of the people responding aren't always coming across in my mind as kind or helpful, but almost a little bit condescending and, and maybe a bit rude. But of course, maybe that's just me and I'm, you know, just a sensitive millennial. But you see this huge variety in the different types of, of information. And the challenge that, that we have as professionals is that there's so many rules in these Facebook groups about the types of information that you're allowed to give and share as a professional. So a lot of times if I go in there and I say, hey, like I'm actually a dietitian who specializes in nutrition for runners. Here's what, here are my thoughts. Like, you know, here's, here's what I think. You end up getting in trouble for sharing that you're a professional. If you post that you have a resource that can help someone, you know, you're not allowed to share a link. Um, if you have a blog post or a podcast episode or something that, that is going to directly answer this person's question from a professional perspective, you can't post that kind of stuff. You know, a lot of these groups have very strict rules about sharing these resources. And while I completely understand they have to be careful about, you know, quality of people sharing this, spam, links that are, you know, maybe going to take people to malicious websites and things that can hack into your computer. Like, I, I understand the reasons for it, but it's just, you know, it's a little bit difficult then because you as the runner then don't have the opportunity to really get sometimes good quality information. You know, you're kind of crowdsourcing an answer from, from a whole bunch of people. And then you have to kind of go through all these answers and try to make heads or tails of like, well, which which one of these people should I listen to? If I've got one person over here saying this, I've got another person over here saying something completely different. What? You know, we we don't really get anywhere with, with our responses. And I, I'm sure that it can be really frustrating for people who are trying to get good quality information and really don't know where to turn. I also think it's really important to point out here that in the fitness world, you know, whether it's running, distance running, um, bodybuilding, like whatever it is when it comes to fitness, there is also a lot of eating disorders, disordered eating behaviors, and support for doing really extreme things. And nobody can deny that that type of content is really popular and does really well on social media and gets people a lot of attention. And so since the <laughs> invention of the internet and, and even blogging and, and social media and, and just sort of influencers kind of as a whole. There are a lot of people out there who have really huge platforms that later end up revealing how unhealthy their relationship with food and exercise and stuff like that really was or, or really is during those times. So, you know, that's that's sort of where we can get into a lot of trouble with taking advice from, you know, people who maybe are very popular, have a big following, get a lot of attention online, but ultimately aren't 
professionals or, or just don't have that level of expertise to be able to, you know, understand the counseling side of it and be able to give advice to others, especially in a, in a very um, personalized and scientific way. And then, you know, switching gears there, even amongst professionals and, and coaches and, and people that you might hire to help you with your fitness and help you with, a, with your running, not everyone necessarily has experience or expertise in working with different types of runners or possibly even runners at all. So if you're listening to this podcast and you happen to be a fairly new runner, you know, trying to train or eat and, and kind of follow the programming and plans of elite level athletes is realistically going to leave you more frustrated uh, than it will leave you getting faster. And I know this, uh, you know, from personal experience, I certainly made these mistakes when, um, you know, when I was trying to improve my race times and, and, you know, really started getting more into running about 10 years ago now. I was reading books and, and following advice and, and doing things like that that were written by very, very high level athletes. And guess what? It didn't work for me because I am by no means an elite level athlete. I, uh, I definitely do not have the genetics or the training experience or anything like that to be, uh, you know, I had no business trying to do the things that, you know, I was reading about. And so when you're just getting started, you do want to be looking for information, you know, nutrition information and support and guidance that is at your level and really working with someone who is experienced and kind of focuses on people who are where you're at versus, you know, trying to work with someone who's maybe a hundred steps ahead of you that doesn't necessarily have the expertise or the specialization to be able to, to work with you as effectively as possible. What we also want to understand is that nutrition for endurance runners is really, really different than nutrition for many other sports. You know, just endurance nutrition is different than non-endurance nutrition, right? And even within distance running, if we're looking at half marathon versus a full versus ultra running, you know, versus triathlons and, and all these different types of endurance events that we can get into, there are varying needs that we have depending on the amount of training we're doing. And, and this is, of course, from like race distance to race distance, but also season to season for us as individuals. If we're in an off season versus a base building phase versus a training phase, you know, as we kind of move through these different stages of periodization, we have different nutrition needs. So it's also important to be looking to work with someone who understands these shifts and can make sure that you are properly fueled even as your volumes of running change. So even as, you know, as you're going from like higher volume to lower volume, maybe you have different goals around body composition or different results that you want to see during your off season or, or something like that. You know, you want somebody who can adjust your plan without it kind of coming back to, okay, just do intermittent fasting or, okay, just cut out all your carbs or, okay, just follow like this low calorie eating plan. Like, you know, some of those very popular, um, different diet styles, we, we, there's, there's more to it than that. You know, there needs to be more to it than that. And if that's all someone's really able to offer is, oh, we'll just do intermittent fasting. It worked for me. Like, I'm sorry, that's garbage. <laughs> we, that, that's not, uh, that's not going to cut it in today's world. So 
how can you as a runner make sure that you are working with the right person or getting advice from the right person? Like what are some of the criteria and some of the things that you can look for to make sure that the advice that you're getting is, you know, going to be right for you, at least more likely (laughs) to be right for you. And I said at the top of this episode that I was going to give you some, you know, kind of criteria and and sort of some things to filter through. So these are a couple of things that I really want you to think about. I think these are things that when I'm looking for coaching and, and when I'm getting into a coaching relationship with someone, these are the things that I like to think about. And it's just kind of a brief list. It doesn't take you a lot of time to put it together, but I do think it's really worthwhile to get clear on, you know, all of these different factors. So that when you're interviewing someone, you're sitting down, getting on a discovery call, reading through a website, whatever it might be, you are confident that you're going to be choosing the right person and that you're going to get what you need out of that coaching relationship. Over the course of your life, as a runner, as someone who eats, you know, whatever, um, there may be times when your needs change. And the coach that you started with or the the nutrition professional that you started with may not be the person that you stick with forever. And that's totally fine, right? We evolve and grow as humans. And so do our experts and the professionals that we work with. They also evolve and grow and change. And, you know, it's totally okay if if eventually you need something else and, and you're looking for something different. But what I would hate is for someone to get into you know, a program or something and realize, oh, this is actually not what I'm looking for. Like this is, this is, um, you know, not helping me with my problem because I wasn't clear on what the problem was. So this is number one, very, very important is I want you to be really clear about what your goals are and where you're feeling stuck. So before you start working with someone, really know what exactly is it that I am struggling with? When I wake up in the morning and I start thinking about food and nutrition and all of that, what is feeling frustrating to me? Where am I stuck? Where am I having trouble making decisions or choices? Like really trying to to do some reflecting and do some thinking to figure out what the problem is. Because if you don't know what your problem is, then there is no way that you're going to find somebody who's going to be able to solve it because you don't know what the problem is. But also... If you aren't clear about what you're struggling with and you start working with somebody who solves a different type of problem than what you're looking for help with, it may be a little bit of a mismatch and then there may be a lot of frustration. And I think most people have a very general understanding of of what they need to do with their eating. Um, You know, a lot of nutrition is the same stuff you've been hearing for years, right? Eat a balanced diet. Um, don't have too many processed foods, eat more fruits and vegetables. Like some of this, some of this stuff, a lot of us, you know, do not need to be told that, that this is the case, but it is helpful to have some reassurance, a little bit of guidance, and most importantly, help getting there, right? If you have a ton of knowledge around nutrition, like if you know a lot about healthy eating, you like to cook, um, you know, you, you enjoy meal prepping and, and finding new recipes and, and all that kind of stuff, but you're having trouble actually making the leap into consistently making the changes that you want to, or, or feel that you need to, that's a different kind of problem 
than somebody who needs a lot of education and to to gain a lot of knowledge about nutrition. Does you know and and I hope that that was clear sort of by explanation but you know having a lot of knowledge but difficulty making the behavior change versus having a lack of knowledge and that's why we're not making the behavior change are two different problems. And so this is where you know it's so helpful to just spend a couple of minutes getting into some self-reflection before you start reaching out to somebody and maybe getting on an introductory call. So for example, you know, you may need someone to just help you figure out what to eat when. You may be so at your wits end with all the conflicting, confusing, you know, all this information that's out there that you might be at the point where you literally just do not know how to make a decision anymore about your food choices. And I see that so, so often with my clients where, you know, they've they've done the low carb thing, they've done the fasting thing. They've done, you know, every diet known to man and they don't know anymore. Can I eat toast before I go for a run? Um, Should I have oatmeal? Are eggs okay? I don't know if I'm allowed to eat chicken. How much, you know, sugar can I have? Am I allowed to have like chocolate ever? Can I eat in a restaurant? Do I have to order this? Like all of these rules swirling around in our heads, we reach a point where it's just so confusing that again, we have this analysis paralysis and we do nothing at all. We just continue down the same path that we were going. So maybe your problem is that you're just feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling confused. There's just too much misinformation out there. You need someone to just give you a clear, confident path, some structure about what to eat and when. That's great. Maybe you are trying to manage uh, gut issues. Maybe your big problem is that you are really struggling with fueling because your digestion is an absolute mess. When you eat before a run, you're having all kinds of symptoms. You're spending more time in the bathroom than you are running, and you just need help figuring out how to manage these GI issues. Maybe you feel like you're eating really, really well, and you're trying to be so mindful of, you know, no processed foods, and you're trying to eat really healthy and lots of fruits and vegetables, and and maybe you're trying to cut carbs and be careful of calories and stuff like that but you're finding the end of the day rolls around and you just cannot get rid of your food cravings. Like you are just having so many food cravings that you end up, you know, kind of blowing things in the evenings and feeling really bad about how you're eating after work or maybe like after your children go to bed or something like that. You have a lot of knowledge, but it's just there's something about the actual execution of that plan that isn't coming together. Or maybe you're feeling just so stuck and frustrated with meal ideas. You know, you just are so bored with the same old things. You don't know what to cook. You don't know what to make. And the problem is that you just need some new inspiration and some new meal ideas. So these are just like a few of the common problems that I hear from clients. You know, some of the things where people are are getting stuck in and finding themselves really having a hard time. This may, you know, some of those things may land with you. Some of those things may not, um, you know, make sense. Not all of those problems are going to really connect with everybody. But just, you know, like I said, spending a little bit of time figuring out where it is you're stuck, where it is you're struggling so that you can be clear about what you're looking for in working with someone, or you can be clear in what you are looking for with following someone online, getting information off of, of so someone's social media platform so that you're not wasting your time or then ultimately wasting your money 
wasting your energy on something that isn't really going to make a difference for you. Now, if you enjoy watching cooking videos or what I eat in a day videos or anything like that, just for the sheer fun of it, I mean, by all means, I am not here to tell you how you should spend your free time. But if you're looking for answers and solutions and you feel like you're just kind of on this never ending, uh, you know, merry-go-round of, of you're just, you're riding around and around and around and you're seeing the same stuff, but you just feel like you're not getting anywhere, then those are some of the things that you can reflect on. And then of course, when you're sitting down to have that conversation with a potential um, nutrition professional, like when you're sitting down with someone to actually talk about how they can help, you've got a list of exactly what it is you need and exactly what it is you're looking for. And then it should be a fairly straightforward conversation to say, you know, is this something you offer? Yes or no? Can you help with this? Yes or no? This is where I'm stuck. What's your experience with people like me? This is what my goals are. What is your, uh, you know, kind of confidence level in helping people like me reach their goals? Now, I do also want to say here, though, that I want you to be prepared to maybe need to shift your thinking a little bit. And I'm only saying this because of my experience working with lots of runners who tend to come to me with a big weight loss goal in mind, or maybe not a big weight loss goal, but their main priority, the reason they've reached out to want to work with me is that they are not feeling well-fueled. They're not feeling good about their running, but they're also frustrated that they are not losing weight. And so they want help with better fueling. They want to run better. They want to feel stronger. They want fewer injuries, but they also want to lose weight. And this is not a super straightforward A to B path of just, okay, we need to just get you eating less and moving more. You have to just train harder, work harder, put in more miles, diet harder, cut more calories, be stronger, have more willpower, whatever the case. That is not how this works at all. And a lot of people, I think, come into the conversation with me sort of thinking that that's what they need. They need discipline. They need someone to follow them around and slap the unhealthy food out of their hand. You know, you you see the memes all the time, stuff like that, right? And, you know, the real, the reality is that we actually need to shift towards treating our bodies a little bit better, becoming friends with our bodies, fueling more appropriately, a lot of times eating more, a lot of times it is about eating more and maybe even doing a little bit less intense training or at the very least giving ourselves a little bit of a break sometimes. So I will say, you know, be prepared for what you think you need may not always be the exact solution in terms of, you know, you think you just need a meal plan that's 1200 calories And that's going to get you the weight loss you want. And all you have to do is have enough willpower to stick to this low calorie meal plan and you'll get there. And that's not always the case. So be prepared, you know, for for a little bit of a conversation around maybe adjusting, um, not expectations, but maybe adjusting your um, idea of what the plan actually is going to look like. But the person that you decide to work with should be able to competently and confidently share with you what the actual issue is that you're dealing with and and really be able to share with you what that path looks like. You know, if if someone is telling you something that sounds weird, you know, if you if you get a bad gut feeling, 
you're like, this seems strange, you know, your instincts are, are kind of off, or they aren't really able to explain themselves, the way they work, what their programs look like, how their programs are personalized and tailored to you, what makes your plan different than everyone else's plan. You know, if, if, if that person isn't able to give you some really clear explanations around those kinds of details of working with them, then maybe it is time to consider moving in another direction. And, and maybe it's time to consider working with someone else because we want to make sure that when you're getting into that coaching relationship, you know, you're going to end up in a better position, not a worse position potentially. Um, and also that you're going to actually get the problems that you have solved, not maybe make more issues and more problems. So the most important thing you can do, of course, is to spend that time reflecting, get really clear on where you're struggling and what it is you're looking for, and then ask questions, you know, listen to your instincts and, you know, hopefully your gut will be able to guide you in the right direction. So that is it for today. You know, the bottom line is that it's incredibly important for your health and your success as a runner to be selective about where and who you get your nutrition information from. A lot of people who are more than happy to share advice um, are unfortunately giving a lot of that advice and information based on their personal experience. And so that doesn't always translate into having the knowledge or expertise to adapt that information or that advice for other people's goals and needs. And this is not coming from a place of bad intent, wanting to cause harm or do damage or anything like that. It's just that our relationship with food is incredibly personal. And because of that, it's easy to get kind of fired up or, or maybe a little bit defensive or passionate when we feel like our way of eating has been attacked in some way. And, you know, I mean, we, we all see it all the time in online spaces, just how nasty and, and sometimes ugly some of these disagreements can become. So protect yourself from that by being very selective about where and who you go to for advice. And just make sure that you're putting your faith and your trust in the right people. So I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me today, listening to this podcast episode. I really hope that you found it valuable. I hope you got some good insights and that it will help you to continue to learn how to fuel your body and really become the best runner that you can be, because that is what I am here to do. Of course, you can check out some of the free resources that I have available by clicking on the link in the show notes. And if you are looking for some help with your nutrition or your training strategies, or you know that you just are not recovering the way that you should be, you're sore, you're tired, you're injured all the time, then I would love to invite you to check out the Fuel Train Recover Club. So the Fuel Train Recover Club is my signature online program. And this program is for runners who really want to figure out how to fuel better, how to train smarter, and how to recover faster so that you can become the best runner that you can possibly be and meet your running goals. There is plenty to learn in this program for runners of all levels. We have, you know, we have all kinds of experience levels. People have been running for decades in the program. We have people who have been running for less than six months within the program. And of course, all speeds and abilities welcome as well, because this is really learning about your nutrition needs and then kind of going on your personal journey with figuring out your fueling and training and recovery strategies. So this is not a cookie cutter program. 
that everyone's following the same thing. Because like I said during the episode, one size does not fit all. Even if I had all of you do the exact same thing and follow the exact same program, you get different results. So we personalize it, we tailor it, and that's exactly what you can find within the Fuel Train Recover Club. You can get full program details by visiting the link in the show notes, and I would love to see you there. So thank you so much for tuning in today, and we will catch you in next week's episode. Bye for now. The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used or relied upon for the diagnosis or treatment of any health condition. This information does not create a client-practitioner relationship and should not be used as a substitute for professional medical advice.